small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis, and joining me today in the Zoom room for part three of our journey extravaganza, I think we're calling this the post-Perry years, please welcome Andy Solom. Hey, Andy. Hey, Pat. How's it going? It's going good. Now, Andy, you're in a new apartment. I'm in a new house. New house. Even better. Yes. Yes. And uh, so Andy has informed me that it's a little echoey in the room he's in. So if you guys hear that, just, uh, you know, just deal with it. Zoom Zoom is what Zoom is, and we're going to do our best. Um, So Andy, we are doing this episode right now because the brand new Journey album, Freedom, just dropped a few days ago. That's right. And it features, uh, again, Arnel Pineda and Neil Sean and Jonathan Cain, and then some other people, which we will talk about when we get to that album. It'll be the last one we discussed today, but I just wanted everyone to know that the reason we're doing it now is because of Journey and Freedom, and uh, we also have copies to give away, courtesy of Andy. So thank you, Andy. You're welcome. And, uh, And did you get yourself a physical copy also? I did not. All right. <laughs> Big and we'll talk about that maybe a little bit. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. So normally I let the guest go first, but I'm going to go first because there was a song that I want to make sure we don't forget. And it's the first time that we hear the new singer, Steve Ajiri, is on the soundtrack for Armageddon. Right. And the song is called Remember Me. And the songwriting credits on that tune are Jonathan Cain, Neil Sean, and Jack Blades from Night Ranger. Now, for me, in these post-Perry years, uh, I think Neil Sean and Jonathan Cain's songwriting is best when there's a third party that comes in to help those two guys out. I think, in my opinion, if those two guys are writing a song on their own, it's not as good as it is with that third person voice. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. And, and that there's actually a couple of examples um, from the first uh, Steve O'Jerry album that, that were my picks that we'll talk about that meet that criteria. All right. Perfect. Now uh, the lineup at this point for journey, it's uh, it's three parts, bad English. It's, uh, it's Neil Sean, Jonathan Kane, Dean Castronovo, Ross Valerie's there. He stayed on after trial by fire. The reason Steve Smith didn't stay on is what I've read is he said, if Steve Perry wasn't there, he, he just wasn't interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, you know, Neil grabbed uh, Dean who he'd worked with many, many times. And they found this guy, Steve Ajiri from his album, tall stories. I think I remember was, that band. Yeah. And he was working for the gap. I think uh, he wasn't, he wasn't folding t-shirts. I think he was in the corporate world, but they contacted him and he was willing to give it a go. And, and he joins the band. So let me play uh, remember me. This is the first time we heard new journey music without Steve Perry. 
All right, Andy, do you remember hearing that song for the first time? I do. Um, I remember liking it. I, I still like it. Um, I remember being impressed with their replacement vocalist. It's not not a bad song for post Perry Journey. Yeah, I think so too. I remember thinking, well, he he doesn't sound exactly like Steve Perry, but he's he's in that same range. And I thought that was uh, I thought that was good to not have an exact sound alike per se. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Shirley is the guy that they brought in to produce that song and the subsequent album. And yeah, I was uh, I was pretty impressed with that song too. I was uh, that made me excited again to uh, to hear new Journey music. So let's jump into the new Journey music, which was the album Arrival. Now I uh, I had the Japanese import because I believe it came out about six months before it was released in the U.S. And I will post these two covers uh, when this episode drops. I'll just hold this up for Andy. This was the Japanese album cover, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, they, they, they incorporated the U.S. version and just added some pieces on top of it. Yeah, the like U.S. version a, is just what, what the Japanese version is. It's like a relic that you find like in the sand, like an excavator would find. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then, it, makes, it makes more sense. It makes more sense and arrival kind of fits. And then the U.S. cover was just the the artifact over a black background. It's really generic, in my opinion. Just Mm. I was not happy with that cover. Uh, I remember the band photo. I'm showing that to Andy. And I, I look at this band photo and I'm like, wow, that's Journey. Because Remember Me came out and I didn't see what Steve Ajiri looked like until this album came out. And I was like, that guy kind of looks like Steve Perry with with a perm. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a great band photo. And I really felt like he looked like he should be part of the band journey. So the first song you chose is what? I picked uh, a track that also had a outside the band co-writer, like you had mentioned. Uh, It's called To Be Alive Again and features uh, Eric Bazilian from the Hooters the co-write with Jonathan Cain and uh, Steve Algeri. So Neil wasn't involved with this one. And I believe on the Japanese import, yeah, on the Japanese version, To Be Alive Again was a bonus track. And I was just like, to be honest, I think it's one of the best songs on the entire album. So I was surprised that it was relegated to a bonus track. But then again, I was glad that I had the Japanese version. So Here we go. This is to be alive again. such a great tune yeah I, I think that should have been um the first single off the record it's buried at track 13 yeah on the on the u.s version it uh when the u.s version came out they did include it 
It's buried at track 13 on that. It's buried as the last track on the Japanese import. And kind of crazy that they that they didn't have the forethought that that's the best, one of the best songs on the album. I agree mm-hmm. with you. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's certainly one of the most, you know, classic journey sounding songs. Absolutely. I mean, unless they were trying to not give the public that, that's the only reason I can think of that they wouldn't release this first. Uh, my first track off Arrival is called Higher Place. It's the opening track and it's written by Neil Sean and Jack Blades. love it i love that song so much yeah that's that was the first track on the record and that's not a bad selection at all for lead off track yeah it gives it it's it's got a lot of uh there's a lot of uh levels to it is that what i want to say you know it's uh it's got a great chorus it starts off one way takes you to a, a different place and um at this time i also released a live dvd called uh journey 2001 it was recorded in las vegas and that's when you could hear Steve Ajiri sing the classic Journey songs. And man, he just did such a great job. And I saw the Arrival Tour. Uh, I might have seen it twice. I believe I saw Journey twice with Steve Ajiri. And I was so impressed. I just thought, wow, they've, they found the guy. This guy is amazing. His, um, the, way he, the way he was on stage, for me, fit what journey was and is like, we'll get to what Arnell does a little bit later. Mm -hmm. What he just seemed to just be perfect, a perfect fit for this band. So my next song or your next song, Andy, I'm sorry, from arrival is. I chose, I got a reason. And um, again, it's another co-write and you Sean, Jonathan Kane and all and Jack blades co-wrote on this one as well. Yep. And this is, uh, again, I'm on board with every song that we've picked so far. I Got a Reason is fantastic. So let's hear I Got a Reason.
believe the first single that they released was a ballad called All the Way, and that was co-written with uh, Jonathan Kane, Neil Sean, Steve Ajiri, and I think Taylor Rhodes. And uh, I like that song too, even though I didn't pick it as my as my next choice. But um, and then we'll talk about Arrival overall. But I picked a song called Signs of Life that was written by Neil and John and. I don't know the uh, I don't know the first name. Let me see if I can find it. It's another. It's obviously a relation to Jonathan Kane. It says Elizabeth Kane. I, I assume that was maybe his wife at the time. Even I don't know. But um, yeah, this th- song is called Signs of Life, and uh, another one that I really enjoy. So let's hear it. It's been forty days since I heard from you. This waiting game you put me through I feel the silence killing me Day to day Losing hope, I lose myself It's got me thinking of someone else We need to talk, you give me metaphors All right, that was Signs of Life. That closes out our discussion of Arrival, but we'll still talk about the overall album here for a second. Uh, what do you think of Arrival, Andy? Uh, the, the two songs I picked and the two that you picked were my, my four favorite songs on the record, so you, so you did a good job with your, with your two picks. There's a few others I like overall. Um, it's not a, bad, not a bad record. It's with, um, and we'll say this a lot, um, too many tracks. 15 songs, way too much filler. Um, I could have shaved off five easily. Um, there's some, a lot of, some of the mid-tempo, moody kind of songs could yeah. probably be tossed. The songs are too long, which we'll probably say that a lot here too. So I think it just needed some trimming down to down to 10 solid tracks. It would have been a much more solid record. Yeah, I think if they would have trimmed this down to 10 tracks, um, this this would just be a classic journey album and again we can trim it down ourselves i think i even did back in the day i actually uh because this is what music nerds do i remember trying to uh sequence it in the same way that escape is sequenced like Mm -hmm. i took the 10 tracks i liked that i felt were similar in tone to the 10 tracks on escape and uh i don't remember what that was now but yeah, other songs on this album are uh, I love I like We Will Meet Again and I like World Going Wild, and uh, but yeah, the, there's some mid tempo things in here that just don't they don't go anywhere, mm-hmm. so they don't do anything for me either. But uh, I do really like Arrival, uh, even with all those flaws, and um, yeah, I think they're on the right path. And this album was released through Columbia still, so 
at the time, Columbia Records was still in the journey business, or they mm-hmm. wanted. Yep. Yeah. In fact, this was their final record with with Columbia. It was because I think it. Uh, you know, in 1998, it's a journey's a hard sell. In uh, well, year 2000 it was the year 2000, yeah. so mm-hmm. difficult. But I think overall, uh, it's a pretty pretty great album. Which brings us now to they did an EP called Red 13. And this was kind of an independent release, if I remember. I think it was released on their website. And then uh, Frontiers Records picked it up and released it, you know, in other countries. But, well, let's play the songs first and then we'll discuss. Uh, we, picked, we each picked one off of this. What did you pick off Red 13? I picked uh, the first track, State of Grace. All right. It's a, it's a seven minute and 27 second track, which uh, for me, that's a no-no with Journey. But here we go. All right, let's see who writes this one. That's uh, Jonathan Kane, Neil Sean, and Steve Ajiri. Um, I mean, it's it's fine. It's just, that's really this Red Thirteen is just fine. I I remember being disappointed by it because I thought we were going to get five killer tracks. It's an EP, and I enjoyed Arrival, so I was expecting more of that, and uh, this did not uh, live up to what I had hoped for. Yeah. Neil's called it a uh, experimental EP as a thank you to their fans. (laughs) Kind of how he described it. Um, So I guess at least it's not, you know, an official release or something. It's just kind of, it's an EP. So you kind of take it for what an EP is. So if you kind of view it through that lens, it's a little more palatable. Yeah. And uh, produced by Neil and John engineered by Jonathan Kane, mixed by John and Neil. So again, I, I still think journey does. I think a lot of bands do better with outside input. There's, there's some bands that can produce themselves. Sticks is a perfect example. Dennis and sticks always produce those records and they knew how to do it. Uh, what did I pick off red 13? It was hard to pick one, but I took, yeah. I, can, I can breathe. Caught in a crowd of city Spillings are closing in Drowning in my emotion Can't tell you where
Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's for the hardcore journey fan for sure. Um, and definitely, you know, Neil sounds great, especially on the harder rocking songs, Neil's smoking. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, and I don't mind if Neil, you know, solos and jams, but I don't always know if that's journey. Like, I feel like he does enough side projects and solo stuff that when it's journey, I really want it to sound like journey. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense or not, but that's yeah. what I want. So that was 2002. And we're going to move on to 2005 with an album called Generations. I believe this was released by Frontiers Records. I don't know. If, did this get an American release? Really? This this was given away at, for free at concerts. That's right. That's um, right. That's that's never a good sign. Yeah. Get a free get a free CD with your ticket. Yeah. And again, the band stays the same. Neo John, Steve Ajiri, Ross Valerie, Dean Krasternovo. And I think doesn't Kevin Elson produces this. Kevin Elson, who produced yes. um Escape. Escape. Mm-hmm. So when I saw that, that was a good sign. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um let's get into it. Let's uh, talk about the songs and then we'll talk about the album. So, Andy, what do you got for me from Generations? My first pick is a tune called Place in Your Heart. All right. It's a good, great tune. Now, the first thing I thought when I heard Generations is I wasn't that excited about the production on some of the songs. I, I would agree. Yeah, I think it, I think it does suffer a little bit. And I remember thinking, oh, this is the guy who produced Escape. So this thing is going to sound like crystal clear and it's going to be there's going to be lots of separation and the vocals will be out front. And it's just kind of a little muddy at times. Yeah, it could have been, you know, they probably weren't able to afford the multi-million dollar studios that they were in in the early early 80s as well. And again, this album has 14 tracks, which is uh, probably four too many. And we'll talk about why in a minute. But while we're on this song, Journey liked this song so much that they actually re-recorded it for their next album with Arnell on vocals. So I want to give mm-hmm. you a taste of that. It's basically, it sounds note for note just with Arnell singing and a different producer. So here we mm-hmm. go.
just a great song. I love the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't care who sings it. I like it. All right. Let's jump into my first track on Generations. And this one is, um, wait a minute. Do I have it? Or did I just take the song? Wait a minute. What did I do here? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got confused for a second. My song is the one that opens the album. It's called Faith in the Heartland. And it's almost seven minutes long, but I was okay with this being long because I really enjoy this song too. And just like uh, The Place in Your Heart, they also recorded this again with Arnell. So here's his version. Right. So the two songs we featured were the two songs that opened the album. So they must have felt very strongly about those tracks to give those the one two punch. And um, I'm on board with both of those songs. What about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Those are two of the stronger tracks on the record. Now, there's 14 songs on this album because what they wanted to do with this album is they wanted everyone to be represented vocally. So there's songs that Dean sings. There's a song that Neil sings. There's songs that Jonathan Kane sings. And there's even a song that Ross Valerie sings, which we will get to. But let's go with the song you picked, Andy. Yeah, I, I had a kind of a difficult time with this tricking another one, but the bonus tracks, I think, are pretty decent. So I went with uh, one of the tunes. Uh, Dean sings two tracks on the record, including the bonus tracks. And this is one of them is called Never Too Late. And this might be one of the top three or four songs on the album. And Dean sounds amazing. And again, this is relegated to a bonus track. This is mm-hmm. Never Too Late. I love this song.
I mean, I think Dean sounds more like Steve Perry than anyone that's been with the band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely does a, a good version of him for sure. I mean, obviously, I don't think Dean could drum a whole show and sing a whole show of, of the Journey catalog. That's a mm-hmm. hard catalog to sing. But I, I wonder if they ever considered ever to just let him not drum and just sing. I don't know. Mm, that's a good question. Because he's uh, he's really good on these songs. Let me find out if I picked what I picked for. Yeah, I'm going to play the other Dean song. It's called A Better Life. And then we'll get into some of these other songs, too. Here we go. So, so far between the two songs you and I picked and then the two Dean songs, um, those are four solid tracks. I have nothing wrong with the, no problem with those songs. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Let's, let's try, let's try Ross Valerie's one and only lead vocal on Journey album. It's a song called, where is it? What's it called? Why can't I find it? It's called Gone Crazy. Written by Neil and Amber Sean and Jonathan Kane and Kim Tribble. I mean, Ross Valerie doesn't even write anything on this, but um, let's let's hear it. Let me cue it up. Hey, you! It's a seagull stinkeroo. Right now, if I listen to that as if it's a ZZ Top song, I'm okay with it. But as a Journey song, it's a zero for me. Yeah, it's 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 like the the bastard child of Frontier's back talk. 
It's yeah, just, it's, it's, it's kind of a mess. It's really a mess. You're right. I just, um, I never understood what was going on uh, with that tune. The song that Neil sings is uh, In Self-Defense, which was on his uh, second Sean Homer album. So mm-hmm. they decided to stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, journey, you know, give it the journey treatment. Uh, Jonathan Kane, I don't mind a couple of the songs he sings on here. And uh, was there another one that I wanted to? Oh, yeah. There, here's another Steve Ogiri song that I, I really like. This is called uh, Out of Harm's Way. and Neil is uh, wailing on guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of the stronger cuts on the record. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember at the time, I believe I took Arrival and Generations and put them together and uh, made a great little mix for the car. Um, when I ordered this album, it came, I came with a sticker. It came with a mouse pad with the uh, Generations cover on it. And um, yeah, again, they started to get a little generic with the covers again by putting just the journey title at the top and then the album title at the bottom and then some form of that scarab in the middle but Mm -hmm. all right so they started a tour with this album generations i believe they played like a three-hour show in la i was not there for that and they played i think they played songs from every era of journey even like the first couple albums and soon after that i believe uh, we found out that they were using some backing tracks for Steve Ogiri. Yeah, he he had gotten a, a throat infection that uh, he just couldn't kick. <clears throat> so they had yeah, to make he, hard choices. Yeah, and so uh, the band didn't want to cancel the tour. So they found a guy, Jeff Scott Soto. And Neil worked with this guy before. I, I think Soul Circus was the album. Mm-hmm. Dean is on that album. So they, they knew him. So uh, they tried him out and they decided he could sing the catalog. And so they gave him a, gave him a shot. So I have some songs from, and I saw this tour. It was, um, it was violent femmes, cheap trick, Billy Idol, Def Leppard and journey. Mm, that wow. was the, that that's what played out here when I saw it. Um, there's a radio station called Jack FM and it was a brand new radio station at the time. And it was, they call, touted it as Jack's first show. So that's what I got to see. And, um, and I didn't know who Jeff Scott Soto was. So we were all curious and excited and we were pleasantly surprised. So I have two tracks here from YouTube. So, um, forgive the quality, but this is ask the lonely. 
right. What do you think of that, Andy? It's not bad. Um, you know, for a, a, a last second, let's keep the tour going singer. Yeah. I don't think he's got the, obviously he doesn't have the same range as any of their other singers, but he, he had, he was in pitched with, with several of those notes. It wasn't bad. Yeah. And he was, uh, as a showman, he ran all over the stage and he was engaging and, you know, Neil and John, they had smiles the whole show. And so did Dean. Dean, if you watch any of these videos, Dean is loving it. He's just kicking ass on the drums. I'll play one more. I have uh, queued up what I got. This is uh, I'll Be All Right Without You from Raised on Radio. Here we go. Right. It's an admirable uh, performance. Mm -hmm. He uh, he does uh, pretty solid work. And I get the tour went so well that I, they were going to have him be their vocalist. And I guess they went in and recorded some stuff and then. And then they just fired him. Yeah, there's there's still talking about that years later. And even Jeff Scott Soto, I think this is fairly recently, he was saying that I, I just want to know why. Now, I guess he apparently he's he signed a uh, non-disclosure agreement or something to not say anything bad about Journey. Um, but he, and he says, and that's fine. I don't have to say anything bad, but I just want to know, you know, why I was let go. And Neil responded back recently and just and basically just said it just didn't work out. So whatever that means. It just didn't work out. All right. All right. Um, so Steve Algieri, I just want to add this. I saw him solo, probably, boy, maybe seven or eight years ago. And he sounded great. He sounded really great. But what I thought was very weird was his set was entirely Journey songs, but there were no songs that he sang on, on record. Mm -hmm. It was all Steve Perry Journey songs. And... I just thought that was strange not to even do any of the ones we played from arrival or mm -hmm. to do anything other than the Steve Perry songs. Mm -hmm. And he didn't do any, any tall stories or any of his solo singles that he's released. And um, that was, uh, that was interesting, but I guess he knows that's where the bread and butter is even at this point. Right. So journey has to find, a new singer. So I guess Neil takes to YouTube and he finds a guy named Arnel Pineda from the Philippines and uh, they bring him over and 
it works out for them. They like they like Arnell, and um, and so he joins the band, and we get the album Revelation, which was a Walmart only release. Is that correct? That's right, exclusive from Walmart, two thousand eight, and this thing sells a million copies. Yeah, reached number five, Billboard. So Walmart did their job as far as promoting or whatever they were doing. And um, and what do you got for your first Arnell Pineda song? I got uh, one of my favorite Post Perry tracks, uh, Change for the Better. All right, let's hear it. Now that's a that's one of the times that Neil and John write a song together with no outside writer and they hit a home run. Yeah, for sure. That's fantastic. Uh I don't know if I said Kevin Shirley comes back to produce. And yeah, that's a that's a killer. That's a home run. Yeah, the the the, whole, the record sounds good too compared to the yeah. other ones we listened to. This is the best sounding post Perry record that we had gotten I think so at that too. point. Um you actually picked the two songs that I would have picked first. So I can't wait to play your next one. Uh, just great tunes. So I went with a song called Turn Down the World Tonight. Classic journey keyboard sound. It's just a, it's a nice ballad. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good track. It's it's one of the better post Perry ballads. Yeah, that for they've sure. Done. And so when this album came out at Walmart, it had eleven tracks on it. There was a European and Mexican release that had a bonus track called "Let Me Take You Back," and the Japanese release is where Arnell's version of "The Place in Your Heart" can be found. So there are 13 tracks total if you find the uh, the other two non-American release versions. Okay, so your next song, Andy. I went with the uh, first track on the record, Never Walk Away. 
look, as soon as I put the CD in the car, I was there day of release. I was at Walmart right when they opened like a nerd, got this album, put it in. And when this song started, I was all in 100%. This is one of my favorite post Perry tracks. It's one of my favorite yeah. journey tracks. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Everything about that for me is 100% journey. Yeah, it definitely has the classic sound. It's very um, reminiscent of, of Be Good to Yourself off of Raised on Radio. I hear some of the similar chords and song structure. Yeah, and sometimes journey does that. They'll uh, they'll steal from themselves a little bit here and there. And that's uh, I guess that's what makes it uh, sound so familiar and uh, allowed me to enjoy it immediately. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to play... Of the song, which was the bonus track for the aforementioned European and Mexican releases. This is a song called uh, Let It Take You Back. Maybe a lot of people haven't heard this song. Here we go. Driving down the road is where you've been before. Daydreaming about the days gone by. I don't think Dean sang anything on this album, correct? No, I don't believe so. Yeah, it was all they, it was all Arnell because they wanted to give Arnell the big push. So the American version that was released at Walmart had 11 tracks. The last track was an instrumental by Neil called The Journey and then in parentheses Revelation. So uh, basically they stuck to the 10 song format. And uh, this is probably their most cohesive post Perry album, uh, you know, top to bottom. Would you agree with that? I think so. I mean, we've got another one coming up um, that I actually like a little bit better, but um, I think to date post Perry, this is, this, this is the best post Perry record, you know, at that time, they definitely improved upon arrival in generations. And I saw this tour with Arnell. It's was at the Greek theater. It was jammed. And uh, my friend and I kept uh, joking, this might be politically incorrect, but we kept joking about, I wonder how many Filipino people are going to be at the show tonight. 
And when we got there, there absolutely were an amazing amount of Filipino people, Filipino mm-hmm. people there. Like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, Oh my God, we were just joking, but look at the people that have turned out for Arnell. And, uh, and that show was fantastic. That was the first time I saw Arnell. And I thought it was just as good as the first time when I saw Steve Ajiri. So, and it was at the same venue, again, the Greek theater. So I was happy to be able to see those two guys on their first tours with journey and, uh, and to see Jeff Scott Soto. I've seen all incarnations pretty much. So mm-hmm. yeah, cool. all, all four of them. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to eclipse, uh, I will say that I think it's pretty cool that the, the title is spelled in that escape font mm-hmm. with ECL and then a one for the I and then a P and then a five for the S and, uh, a three for the E. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, even though there's not a lot of color in this album cover, I really liked that they were trying to do something a little bit different with the flying scarab. And uh, I had high hopes for this. I thought, I thought this was going to be escape too. And uh, Kevin Shirley returns. It's still Arnell, Neil, John Ross, and Dean. And what do you got for us, Andy? Uh, first track I picked up this one is Chain of Love. All right, let's hear this one. Feel paranoia about what I'm wishing for. If I could just let go of who I think I am. Surrender to the silence. Help me understand. There's no beginning. That Neil Riff is great. It really is. And I have to be honest, right here and now in this moment is the most I've ever liked that song. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but this album just, I mean, I would probably tell people that I hate this album. I just don't know why this never, I don't know, jumped out at me. I don't know if it was that the songs are too long or that it's it's more heavy and proggy than journey sounding in my opinion but you say you love it so tell me about that yeah i i think especially you know doing the deep dive getting ready for this episode um you know neil wanted a record that was more guitar oriented and yeah. less radio friendly but in to my ears if you listen to the whole record except for maybe two or three songs which i skip it's actually a pretty melodic record um it definitely is uh, less ballads and is less poppy, but um, you know, th- this is my favorite post Perry record. I actually like this a little bit better than Revelation, although Revelation's got highlights that I think that are better than yeah. anything on this record. But track for track, um, it's a it's a good record. I, I except for a couple songs, I think it's good. You know, top to bottom, I I, I skip a few tracks, but um, 
Yeah, I, it's, it record really grew on me, especially again as I was kind of getting ready for this. I gave it kind of a fresh listen after a while, and I, I yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a solid record. Well, I'm glad you're saying that, so that other people out there that feel the same way won't just hear my uh, negative opinion. <laughs> but uh, but that's what's great about music. Some people love something, and other people don't like it as much. But I will be honest: the song that you just played. Um, Chain of Love, I really enjoyed listening to that. So I might have to take yet another deep dive on this after we record. Um, now, this was released as Walmart only too, but it was a super flimsy packaging. If I remember, it was mm-hmm. a, it was a, it was like a digi pack, but it didn't have like a, it didn't have that plastic tray. It was just, it was really chintzy. And it didn't do well. It didn't do well like Revelation did because I remember months later, you could buy that album for like five dollars, and I think it went down to like a dollar ninety nine at some point. Mm. And even though I don't like it, I still sprung for this. The uh, I'm holding it up for you to see the mm. uh, the hard book uh, edition because I'm uh, because I'm a nerd. Oh, I don't really like that album. I'm gonna buy this for thirty dollars. So. Let me uh, let me play my first song, and it's the opening track. It's called City of Hope. People waiting for some kind of sign from above. Lost in the shadows of doubt. This album is 12 songs and it closes out with a Neil Sean uh, instrumental. I think that should have been a template. Maybe always close out with a Neil instrumental. Mm. I think that's kind of a good idea. Um, Again, all the songs on this, except I think for one are written with Neil and Jonathan. So that kind of goes a little bit against what we, uh, we were saying because you enjoy this pretty much top to bottom. Uh, let's hear Andy's next song. I hope this one wins me over too. So this track is, uh, also buried at the end of the records track 11, but this is one of, if one of the poppiest songs on the records called someone. All right, let's hear it. No matter what journey album you pick up post Perry, 
uh, Dean Castronovo and Neil Sean always hit a home run. They're yeah, just so that's, good. That's I, sure. I actually, I mean, Dean might be my favorite drummer that's ever played in Journey. I just really like what he does. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, that's tough to, yeah, that's tough. I mean, there's great drummers. I mean, Ainsley Dunbar, Steve Smith. Yeah. But I just like his, uh, I like his rock feel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's good stuff. And I love watching him live. He's great live. Um, this has always been my favorite song on the album. It's uh, Anything is Possible. It's positive. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like it. So here's Anything is Possible. I like the two songs you chose. Obviously, I like the two songs I chose. I think we gave a nice representation of the album. Um, of these four songs, these are not any of the ones that you skip, right, Andy? Correct. Right. Yeah. So this is um, yeah, now I gotta give it a good, I gotta give it another listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, and again, not perfect. Yeah, there's some it it definitely uh, benefits from a deeper listen. Uh, um uh ritual is a great track. There's a tune called uh, "She's She's a Mystery," which is almost seven minutes long, but the last minute and a half it completely kicks into a different heavy rock, and it kicks ass. And so there's there's lots of little uh, little stuff on the record that I feel make it worthwhile. And I don't think that Jonathan Kane is all in on the Lord yet at this point in 2011. I mean, he does a. Uh, he does thank God at the end who helped me discover the mystery and power that is Tantra. So, all right, whatever. But um, I think between Eclipse and Freedom, um, a lot changes, a lot changes in journey. And um, yeah. we've only, we've only been sitting with this album for a little, a little while, although I've had it for, I've had it for a while. I, I've had it for, I feel like I've had this for like five weeks, at least a month because, mm-hmm. of, because of the show I had it in advance, but Andy, you've been sitting with it for, uh, you know, over the weekend. And, um, let's just talk about the cover. First of all, this is, this is the most, this is just garbage to me. Yeah. They, they used, um, Jim Welch and he had done some of their other records, some of their compilation albums yeah. and stuff. So he has some history with the band. But it's just so generic. I mean, we we get it, the Flying Scarab. And I don't mind if it's featured on there, but do something unique with it. Don't just plop it in the middle. I mean, that's basically, I mean, 
that's revelations just kind of has it plopped mm. in the middle and so does generations and so does so does arrival i mean it's it's a really cool thing this flying scarab is is it a spaceship mm-hmm. i think it is but do something with it mm-hmm. yeah and it's just it's kind of a generic journey font when they i like the journey font that's used on um on departure and um evolution yeah that's 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 i consider that the classic journey logo to myself yeah. me too that's how i feel it is too because they've used it twice and why not just use that and uh but this is just i don't know this is just this is like if someone if you just wanted to like jam journey in someone's face this is what you would show them look at this this is my band all right let me i'm gonna look into the credits here because this is a. Uh, this is some craziness because this is not the touring band that's on this album. Mm-hmm. They announced that, and I can't pronounce the drummer's name. I keep tripping on it. Uh, is it Narada? Nara- I think it is Narada. Narada Michael Walden. They announced that the band was going to be, because they had a falling out with Steve Smith and Ross Valerie. And I'm not quite sure what all that is. I'm sure it's always about money. And uh, so no Ross and no Steve, which I kind of liked the touring incarnation for the longest time because it was what I consider the classic or the, the most um, the most popular journey lineup sans Steve. You had Arnell. In mm. So as a fan, I liked seeing those guys with Arnell. So those guys are out. So we get Randy Jackson on bass who played on Raised on Radio, toured with him on Raised on Radio. And uh, he has always considered himself as a a member of the band. So, all right, we're bringing back another guy who used to be there. And then uh, Narada Michael Walden. God, that's a hard name for me. And the reason that he's there and Dean isn't is because Dean was kicked out of the band because he had some really bad personal problems, drugs, Mm -hmm spousal abuse arrests yeah jail time jail time i think i mean i think he was arrested for rape and i think that was part of the spousal abuse i mean not good stuff not good stuff and i and they kicked him out and um but i guess time has healed all wounds and they've and they brought him back he's in the band now he's on tour and he, mm-hmm. it's weird. He sings a lead vocal on this album. Yeah, Neil, Neil had said uh, since they didn't use him to drum on the record, they might as well have him sing a track. Yep. So, um, so he's uh, he's full fledged back in the band. Uh, inside, we get a we, we get a really weird photo that looks like it looks like Neil and uh, Arnell are together, but then Jonathan Kane is like photoshopped in there. It's it's mm. you telling me you couldn't sit these three guys down and get a picture. For the or find there's not some picture of them on stage together that you could use. It's kind of strange to me. And then there's like there's no picture of Randy, but there is a picture of uh Neil and uh Mr. Walden in the studio. And who else is on this album? Jason Derlotka, background vocals. Is he their keyboard player that's with them now on tour also? Yeah, he's the he plays keyboard. I think he plays some guitar and he sings too. He sings lead on, I think, a track or two. And then who's on bass now? The guy that was in Hardline. 
they got rid of um, Marco Mendoza. Yeah. There were some issues with him and Dean. I said it just wasn't really gelling between the two of them. So he's he's gone. But uh, Todd Jensen, uh, Neil recently said that he considers him to be the permanent base player. So it looks, looks like looks like he's he's on for now. And Randy Jackson had 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 back surgery, so he wasn't able to join them. And he also recently said that um, um, Narada is just is is a musical member. He's not a touring member. But he's a musical member of the band. All right. All right. And I remember there's some there's some shows out there where. Uh, Narada and Dean are both on drums. There's like two drum kits up there. Yeah, Neil had said that he considered bringing two two drummers out out on the road, a la Thirty Eight Special or Grateful or Dead, Dead or something. Dead. Yeah, don't that's don't do that. <laughs> we don't we don't need. How's that make the regular drummer feel? Dean Castronova can do the job. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it. So, um, all right. First thing about freedom, and we'll see if you agree. Too many songs. Yeah, definitely. Way, way too many. I, it's 15 songs. Neil in interviews refers this, uh, refers to this as a double album. But for me, it's a single album with too many songs. Yeah. And definitely with the song lengths, uh, definitely could be stretched into a double record. Yeah. The um, one, two, three, four, five, six songs are five minutes long. The last song is seven minutes long. There's only one song, two songs that are three and a half minutes. And one of those was the first single, The Way We Used to Be. So uh, let me start with Andy. What do you got for us from Freedom? I don't like the title. I got to be honest. I don't like this title in 2022 because I feel like they're trying to appeal to a certain base of people. And maybe that's my leftist liberal thinking. And this could have been a title they were going to use years ago on a, on another album and just never did. Yeah. But for right here and now, I just feel like, and especially because John Kane's wife is a whack job. Uh, Paula white Kane. She speaks in tongues. She was Trump's uh, religious faith advisor, which we know he doesn't have any religion or faith. That's all fucking bullshit. So, and I don't do politics on the show, but this album has caused me um, just some anger about some of these things. I just feel like they're they're reaching for a fan base that isn't aren't my people, but that they can do what they want their journey. But anyway, okay, I'm sorry, Andy. I digress. Yeah, and and you know, and the the, the title was um, was the original title of Raced on Radio before Steve Perry changed it. So maybe he's kind of going back to the well okay. with a title that, that he picked and never got to use. But okay. um, yeah. certainly, you know, Journey is definitely a band for all people, um, however you yeah. want to view that. And and uh, I think they do quite well with, with uh, that part of the political spectrum, which is fine. I mean, they, you know, they, could, they deserve all the, all the fans that they can, that, that they can get. Sure. It's so funny though. They, the band started as like a hippie jam band in San Francisco. So this trajectory over the whole career to something that I might be reading, I might just be having a bad day, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, it's so strange to me, but let's talk about what songs are good. Are there good songs? Let's find out. What do you got, Andy? 
Uh, I had a, it was kind of tough for me to pick from here. Um, I picked, uh, my first choice was one of the popular tracks on the record. Um, all of the songs, I think the lyrics are very generic. The album titles are horribly generic. Um, yeah. and this chorus is pretty generic, but I do like the, I do, I do like the verse on this. So this is don't go. And it's written by Pineda, Sean, Walden, and Kane. And again, this is uh, this is their first album in 11 years. So what are we going to get? Here's a song called Don't Go. Don't go. I played a lot of it and um, I like that song. I will tell you what, um, this will sound again. I'm trying to say this without it sounding bad. Arnell's been in the band for so long. And I remember when he was first in the band, his English was not great. And I think after all this time, I think his English is getting better, which is causing him to be able to sing and sound even more like Steve Perry. That sounds a lot like Steve Perry that opening those don't goes. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's a bad thing at all. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I agree. Definitely sounds like journey. And I do like that track. I probably would have picked that one. Had you not picked it. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it, it is kind of generic. The lyrics of the whole album are a little generic at times. It's hard too, because after 11 years, you really want a great journey album. And it's, uh, again, when you see the touring band and touring bands not on the album and it's these guys and it's just like, and uh, I think who produced it? Walden, Sean, and okay. yeah. So they, they're, they're all in on everything. So what's my first song I picked? It was hard to pick songs. I gotta, I gotta be honest. Um, this is the opening track, Together We Run. The sun is on its way, acting like it's some new day. Your curtains hang the same, but the sheets pulled down. I know that they did you wrong, made it clear you don't belong but the world's much bigger now than one small town so back three shirts that i'll give 
Sounds like Journey. Yeah. And they um they definitely went the opposite way of what they did with Eclipse. They're leaning into their pop sensibilities more on this album, even though the songs are long at times. Mm-hmm. Um, do you like that one? It's one of the better songs on the record, um, whatever that's worth. Yeah, I would say it's the top, top four, five songs on the record. It's so weird to talk about this album because you're a Journey fan, I'm a Journey fan, and you want this to be you want this to be your soundtrack of the summer. And it's it's not going to be my soundtrack of the summer. No. No, yeah, it's 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 definitely was a uh, very disappointing. I know I'm I, we may we may be in the minority. I'm reading a lot of you know good reviews on the record and Journey knocked it out of the park and classic sounds and all this kind of stuff and yeah, just just didn't jive with me. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that on Facebook on their site and stuff, and it's just um I think sometimes people have been wanting something for so long that they will give something that's mediocre a pass at being great. Mm-hmm. You know, they've wanted something new from journey for 11 years. We, I don't know if I ever thought we would even have another journey album. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, and that's, that's okay to be like that. I'm not like that. I will listen to it and go, this is amazing. Or I'll say not really that great, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I'm on there. Not really that great, but we will play a couple more songs. So Andy, let me hear your next one. I went with the tune called Holding On. Um, it's definitely not one of the popular songs. The chorus is a little mundane, uh, but the music rocks. I mean, this is one of the more kick-ass tunes on the record. There's two tracks on the album that really kick ass, and this is one of them. Neil's playing is just this, this, that's the one that made me pick this track. And again, Neil Sean, sensational. He's great all the time. And I always I root for Neil Sean. I know he wants this album to be just, you know, the best ever. So I do root for his success, but, um, uh, but uh, sorry, Neil, but this, but he's great. And I like this song too. Just phenomenal. 
Yeah, and it, it, it actually sounds like old old Journey. AC sounds a lot like Steve Perry in this one. Yeah, um, sounds like you know one one of the heavier tracks from their early '80s. Yeah, it really does. I uh, I enjoy that song a lot. Um, Journey on tour. I why do they need? A, I don't know why they need an additional additional keyboard player and vocalist. Um, Dean sings background vocals. Neil does. John does. I don't yeah, like when, I, I don't like when I don't like when my bands stray and start adding things to the live lineup. And maybe mm-hmm. he's essential. And maybe he's been underneath the stage for the past fifteen years, and we never knew it. Mm-hmm. But um, that kind of bums me out. I'm more ranting about Journey. I will. Uh, I got this album for free, and uh, the last time I saw Journey live, the Arnell was terrible. I thought he was absolutely terrible or the mix was bad, but it was awful. And with Jonathan Cain's right wing leanings and all the religion, which I'm not a fan of organized religion, I will journey will never get a dollar from me ever again. I'll go see them. If I can get in for free, I'll listen to the music if I can get it for free. But as far as journey getting money from me, that's over. And again, Mm -hmm. you can at me leave Andy out of it. But um, moving on. I'm sorry, Andy. I don't know. I didn't expect to rant like this, but it's just coming out. Um, and, and, and and Arnell's defense. Um, so from what I hear, he's he's sounding great now. He got he, he got a vocal coach okay. recently, and they also got a new sound man because I guess he wasn't hearing things very well on stage. He wasn't hearing his voice well. And Neil says it's made all the difference in the world. He's a completely different singer from what. Neil says currently. So with those two things together, from what Neil's saying, he's he's a completely different guy now. Well, and I will uh, and I will definitely go see them. I just won't I just won't pay to see them. And uh, <laughs> I like Arnell. I really do. He's not my look. If it was up to me, Steve Ajiri would have never had vocal issues, and he'd be the singer in Journey forever. Because when uh, when a band switches lead vocalist so many times that kind of taints the legacy type aspects for me too. But Arnell's the singer. He'll be the singer till the end. I don't think they're ever going to replace him unless something dire happens. And I, we don't want that to happen. So, and I, I think Arnell is a fantastic guy and, uh, and I'm glad they got a new sound man and I'm glad he sounds better. And I don't blame him last time. It probably was the sound guy, but I'd be excited to see him again because when I have seen him, other than that one time, he was great. All right. So the song I picked is You Got the Best of Me. And again, that's a very, very generic song title. But here it is. Come on. 
little generic because of that title. And um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure what songs I don't like, like what I can name. It's just when I listen to the album as a whole, I want to skip songs. You know, we get yeah. a minute or so in mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, I'm done with this one. You know what I mean? It's that kind mm-hmm. of an album for me. It's not, it's not keeping me enthused and excited and ready to hear the entire thing start to finish. Mm-hmm. I just want to skip. Um, let me find the Dean song though. We'll give you a, we'll give you a taste of that song that Dean sings. It's not in my playlist. So let me find it. Yeah. He does afterglow afterglow. Okay. I don't have this queued up either. So it'll just start from the beginning. Let's see what we got on afterglow. but I don't like that song. Yeah, it just, it kind of sums up the record. It just kind of, uh, it's I, I'm more indifferent to the record than anything else. I, I don't actively loathe it. It's just very vanilla and extremely bland, except for, you know, three or four songs are, are okay. But it's just, that's just, that's just my sentiment. It's just, just like Wonder Bread. Yeah, and they, when you go to see Journey in concert, I mean, the last time I saw them with Arnell, they didn't play one song that Arnell from the Arnell albums, not one. Mm-hmm. And they didn't sing any, they didn't sing anything that wasn't a Steve Perry song. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel like if we go see them on this tour, they're going to trot out about four or five of these clunkers. Yeah, probably. <laughs> when they could and, be and playing. How is never walk away. At least that song in the set list. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think what's what's even more, you know, most telling maybe is that we've completely ignored the first single off this record, which was the first time we've heard Journey in over 10 years. And we've completely just forgot about the, the debut single on this record that came out last year, because what a clunker the way we used to be. Yeah, you, is... you, you texted me when it came out. It's zero. I here, I'll play a little bit of it. It's I, it's just I hate it. I do not like it. Or maybe I don't hate, I won't say hate. I like when you say indifferent. But I hate it. That reminds me of one of those mid-tempo drones from Arrival that we skip. Mm-hmm. 
that's not a single. Yeah. Or something, a, a, a reject from trial by fire or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. Ex- yes. It sounds just like something from trial by fire that I would skip over. Um, I don't really, I don't like, I don't like when a band, they have a new album coming out and they release, I don't know if Journey did this, but some bands will release like four or five digital singles before the album even drops. And I tend to stay away from them because it ruins the album then when I listen, because I've heard those songs. So I want to skip them. And I mm-hmm. still like listening to the album as a complete piece of work. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm going to rant on Jonathan Cain again to, because his thank yous in the album just make me so mad to the love of my life, Paula. Okay. Look, people get married and get divorced. This is his third wife and it's her third husband. And I just think when they stand up there and, and pretend to be Christians and, and I just, ah, I'm so mad. Um, ugh. Anyway, hate him. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, what do you give this album? If you had to give it a number. Ooh, um, a four or five. Four. I was going to say four. I was going to say four because at the end of the day, out of these 15 songs, I bet I could only pull four, maybe five. Mm-hmm. Now that said, uh, folks, you're going to have uh, a chance. You're going to have a chance to win one of these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so get excited. Get excited, yeah. folks. Patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast this Friday. Um, my playout song, Andy, we'll chat a little bit more, but the playout song is in the Walmart version of Revelation. They also included a disc of re records with Arnell singing all the classic Journey songs. So our playout song today, I'm going to play his version, studio version of Don't Stop Believing. That's what I chose. So I hope that's okay with you. Sure. If we could rank these Journey albums post-Perry, can you give me your ranking? Let's not include Red 13 because, I mean, that's near the bottom for me. It's not a full Mm -hmm. album. So what do you got for me? How would you rank them? Uh, yeah, I've got, um, I actually just, I actually ranked the whole catalog, but I've got the post Perry. I've got, uh, Eclipse is my favorite. Okay. Uh, followed by Revelations. Okay. Arrival. Okay. Generations. Yep. And then Freedom. Okay. So it's my, it's my least favorite post Perry album. And if, if I was gonna, if I was gonna, I would, I would put Red 13 after Freedom just because it does nothing for me. And it's not really an album, but we're not going to rank it. Okay. For me, looking at these albums, I would say, and I actually have them in front of me like an idiot. I'd go Arrival, Revelation, Generations, Eclipse, and Freedom. So it's literally, I like the first Algeri and then the first Arnell then the second Algeri, and then the second Arnell, and then Freedom, mm-hmm. way, way at the bottom. But mm-hmm. I will give I will give Eclipse another listen, and um, because of uh, because of the songs we played today, and because of your high recommendation on that album. So, um, and what's your favorite Journey album of all time? I've got Escape as number one. You know, I I, I have to take out the fatigue factor for sure. Yeah. Um, but if you do that, you know, and if I take myself back to, you know, the day that I, you know, went to Camelot Music and I think I saw 
Raiders of the Lost Ark that day, um, too. So I think I saw Raiders and then I went to Camelot and bought the record. But I, I think that's their their best record. Andy, other than other than your daughter being born, that might be the best day of your life. It it it, it, it very well could be. <laughs> that classic is, movie and classic that, record. That is high on the list. I would also put um escape at number one. Um, I know there's a fatigue factor for many, many people. I still don't get sick of it because the way that album is sequenced, it's just flawless to me. And look, even if you skip Don't Stop Believing because you're tired of it, the next nine songs are just jams. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, Andy, thank you for doing this. I really like talking about the Journey albums, the good, the bad, and the ugly with the, with the Journey fan. And do you have plans to see Journey on this tour? Uh, I'm not going to see them. I think I've actually, I think they may even have already rolled through here. So, uh, no, I, I, I'm not going to see them. And the reason for that is, is there a reason? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, as I've got, I don't go to as many concerts as, as I used to, as I've gotten older. And, um, yeah, I, I, I've seen RNL before. I'm just not really too enthused about going to see him again. Yeah, I mean, um, a lot of the bands that we see that you and I both like, the set list is the same all the time. But REO was one of the last concerts I saw before lockdown. And uh, and they've, they're they always good. REO is always good. And even though it's the same set list they've been playing for 20 years, uh, I was really excited. And then when I think about that that was the last show I saw before lockdown, mm. it was a good one. But um, mm-hmm. and are you back to seeing concerts? Um, yeah, I think I've, I'm trying to remember. I haven't seen too many lately, but um, I'm certainly open to seeing seeing something if it's uh, a can't miss situation. All right, and um, how's your baseball team doing? Uh, they're doing okay right now. They're they're if the season ended, they they would make the playoffs. So I guess that's a good thing. And who's your team? The Tampa Bay Rays. Now, if you could only for one year, if you had to give up music or baseball what would you give up oh i'd give up baseball for sure no, no, I, I, <laughs> okay no, I, right, I, I, I can't give up music no <laughs> all right well that's why you're on a music podcast and not a baseball podcast so andy so nice to have you on the show again uh great to see you and everybody please enjoy the studio version sung by arnel pineda of the song that andy and i are both fatigued with but i'm ramming it down your throats please enjoy don't stop believing Thank you, Andy.
Smoking.